Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We are back here in Las Vegas with our big game coverage brought to you by Community America Credit Union. Community America Credit Union, proud to be the exclusive banking partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get your Chiefs checking account, including the exclusive Chiefs debit card at ChiefsChecking.com. We'll get back to the Chiefs coming up in about 15 minutes or so, but the news of the last 24 hours continues to be what is maybe the the best day uh, in Royals history since 2015, obviously. The signing of Bobby Witt Jr. to that 11-year contract extension north of $288 million dollars and we'll head out to our guest line sponsored by spice and foods the official sauces of the Kansas city chiefs and welcome in the royals general manager and executive vice president of baseball operations jj piccolo appreciate the time jj we've asked you plenty of times over the last i don't know year and a half or so you know about the possibility of an extension coming together for bobby wood jr uh, how does it feel to, to finally get to this point and, and to know that uh it, it's it's inked on 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 the sheet of paper and, and that Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be in Kansas City for a long time. Well, it's, a, it's an extremely exciting day for, for the organization, for our city, for our fans. Um, you know, it, it's hard not to sit back and smile a little bit to know that Bobby's going to be in our uniform for at least seven years and potentially 14 years. And that that's something we're really proud of. And, um, you know, just, just happy that Bobby on the other end was willing to make Kansas City a, a place he'd like to be for a long time. And I think that's a testament to our our fan base, uh, our organization, you know, he, this is the only organization he's known. He's comfortable being here uh, well beyond his free agent years. You had mentioned over the weekend at the Royals rally when you were talking to uh, Josh Vernier that, you know, there was not any indication based on the ask dollar-wise from Bobby Wood Jr.'s team that, you know, he, he didn't want to be in Kansas City based on, based on the number. When, when did you feel that this had a really good chance at getting done before the start of the season? Well, I think it was, um, I'll say, really good chance uh, with their, you know, we made a proposal, um, you know, early December uh, after thinking things through literally for two months and having conversations with his representation, trying to understand what's important to to Bobby. Uh, and then bef- because we didn't want to go out and make an offer and not be well-educated on what's important to them. Um, so it was early December we made the offer. And then it was when we eventually received their counteroffer that there was a unsaid message in there. Hey, I want to be here. So, uh, and that was exciting for us. And that's, I remember calling Mr. Sherman and saying, Hey, 
Here's the good news. Here's the bad news. But more importantly, the good news is he's not eliminating uh, with this counteroffer the possibility of being in Kansas City long term. Is this one of those, uh, hey, we all met in the middle, or who had to bend more here, J.J.? Obviously, when they get the counter, you guys, everybody has a different number. No, I, I don't. I don't look at it like that at all. I think it's what what's our avenue uh, for Bobby to achieve what was important to him, and what how much give were they willing to give us, and what was important to us. And you know, Scott Pacino was the lead negotiator uh, for Octagon through this, and it was just honestly, it was just good conversation with Scott. He was very open to ideas. I'll take anything to the family. Uh, but we were very meticulous in how we went about it. Uh, we weren't reactive. We weren't emotional. Uh, we were well thought out in how we went about a counteroffer. Uh, and also, you know, a lot of credit goes to Scott Sharp, uh, our assistant GM and uh, VP, uh, who, you know, every step of the way was, was trying to come up with different ideas. And, you know, when, he, when we got to the structure of the deal, that's in place for the most part. Uh, that was something that Scott had brought to me. And then we, in turn, brought to Octagon and say, hey, here's something to look at. And, and then we, we knew we had something we could both work with. I know this initial conversation, you had said, hey, maybe that started like September for our internal conversations around December. We start presenting actual offers. But we had talked about before, Major League Baseball, sometimes people are signing people before they even get up. I mean, that just happened a couple of weeks ago in a different organization. Mm-hmm. How early on, J.J., where you're like, I'd give him the money now if he'd take it? Yeah, I, I know we had people in the organization that would have done something very similar to what Milwaukee just did and Detroit did, uh, just did last week. Uh, we had people in the organization that presented that, but at the time we just didn't feel like we were in a position uh, to move forward like that. And, um, you know, but, you know, the, I think the, the takeaway here is, you know, every deal has a little different timing to it. What's the priorities uh, of the player? Uh, you know, we got to keep in mind, too, Bobby was the second pick overall, so his finances are a little bit different than, than most players. Um, so every, every player is different. Every negotiation is different. It's really trying to understand what's important to the player, and if that matches up with our thoughts, then we have a chance to get a deal done. But that, those early extensions, I don't want to say we'll, we'll never do that because that's not the case. We just have to – uh, take each player case by case. We're talking to J.J. Piccolo, Royal General Manager, Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations. How much in your conversations do you believe what you guys did this offseason in terms of going out, spending some money, bettering the club, putting you guys in a nice position heading into 2024? How much do you think that helped with negotiations showing to Bobby that you guys are willing to spend, frankly, and, and put pieces around him going forward? It was a major influence, and that's where – the support that John Sherman and the ownership group have given our front office, uh, the ability ability they've given us to, to go sign some players, uh, I think had a great influence on Bobby's desire to get something done before spring training. Matter of fact, you can ask him. I think he'll tell you the exact same thing. So uh, that that's where, you know, there's something in this when you sign a player long-term, there's something you can't really measure, and that's the impact it's going to have on other players around the league and how they view the Kansas City Royals. And when you have a star player uh, in a Royals uniform, they're more apt to at least listen. Now, ultimately, a deal's got to be made uh, to, to get that player here, but there's no doubt that that was uh, a big part of Bobby committing to us because that's what he shared with us in September in our first meeting. I want to win. 
It's not just about me, but what else are we going to do to put players on this team to help us win the Central every year? When you look at, so like if a fan asked you, JJ, I know this is kind of a complex answer and there's maybe not one simple sentence to give, but as a general manager, someone said, hey, JJ, why is Bobby Wood Jr. the perfect kind of player to give $288 million to? Why are you so confident that this is the right guy to give that kind of contract to? It's his character. There's so much safety. Uh, you know, so so often you worry about the risk. Uh, there's distraction when players get big contracts. Uh, but it's the safety. It's the character. It's the way he was raised by his, his dad, Bobby Sr., his mom, Lori. Um, we knew when we first met him, and I, I can't speak firsthand. This is our scouting department telling me this. When they met him at 14 and 15 years old, that this is a high-character guy, somebody you can trust, somebody that's very grounded, uh, that you can rely on and trust his entire career. So when you start talking about 14 years, we have to discuss that internally. And I couldn't say anything negative about Bobby Wood Jr., and it's a lot of factors. It's the people that he puts himself around every day. It's the way he influences players on the team. It's the way players respect him. You can just feel that there's this awe factor that people have uh, in Bobby. And um, there was a lot of good feelings and, and very, in our minds, very little risk uh, when you're talking about the type of person that we've secured for a long time. What do you think his peak looks like, JJ? Like if it's not what we saw last year in a 30-30, you think he's a 50-50 guy. Like what can Bobby Wood Jr. be? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was sharing this with um, John Sherman a couple days ago. You know, I was fortunate enough to be around some players in Atlanta, some that are in the Hall of Fame right now. But, you know, there are certain players that you know that, that this is who they're going to be. And Chipper was like that. Chipper, you knew early on, like, this is his ceiling, and but he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Then there's a guy like Andrew Jones that there's so many tools and there's so many ways he can impact the game. Like, the sky's the limit. And I think Bobby is that type of guy. Like, what he did so far through the first two years is so impressive but there's no telling what he's going to do uh, in the coming years. He could be a 40-40 guy, 45-45 guy. Who, you know, who knows? And you don't want to put those expectations on him. Um, we just want to go out and compete every night, but there's no telling how many gold gloves, how many, you know, RBI, tri- you know, could he be a triple crown candidate? I don't know. I mean, he, you know, we'll see. But the, the sky's the limit. He's extremely talented. He's extremely focused. He works as hard as anybody we've ever seen. So you put those things together, you got a champion. And ultimately, individual accolades, that's great. But I know he wants to win a championship here, and that's going to be uh, his primary focus moving forward. We're talking to J.J. Piccolo here on 610 Sports Radio. We're broadcasting live in Las Vegas. You've mentioned this a few times both today and then again over the weekend at the Royals rally your conversations with some of the free agents that ended up signing here in Kansas City and they would ask you about Bobby Wood Jr. What do you think the trickle-down effect could be two, three years from now or next offseason for that matter, I guess, when it comes to free agents that you guys look to acquire, uh, knowing that you, you and they can see that you've got a superstar locked up for years to come? Yeah, that that's the part of saying it's, it's immeasurable. Like we, we don't know what the impact's going to be, but I do know this. Free agents, want they come to teams because they want to win and they want to know what's in place. They want to know what the vision is of the club. And when you have somebody sitting out at shortstop like Bobby Wood Jr. every day, it gives you a leg up. And, you know, he's, gonna, he's already caught the attention of a lot of players. But as he plays next year and the year after that, it's going to just grow and grow and grow. And it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
in the last 24 hours, I imagine your phone's blown up. I mean, what, what what's the reaction just in in the building there at Kaufman, but also from you know Vinny, any of these any of these teammates of his? What have you kind of heard when it comes to that? Because I imagine everybody's just thrilled for for Bobby and has to just amp up the energy that was already there heading to spring training. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement, and again, you know, this the thing that can get a little complicated at times. I mean, now Bobby's got an extremely large deal. Do you worry about? jealousies and things like that but because of the 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 respect that all of his teammates have for him and you know honestly just a little bit in awe of his ability I think everybody expected this wanted this uh, it's just another sign from our ownership group that they're going to commit to this team they want to win uh, that's going to be the driving message I think uh, without us having to say anything there's been an investment you know not only in our free agents but in this particular player and our players are excited, and I know that they're going to be really excited when they see Bobby again uh, next week in Arizona. JJ, I wanted to ask you, this might be something that we just do in sports radio. So you're in the organization, you're going to answer it. We're sitting here on Radio Row. We talked to you at Radio Row last year. The Chiefs are in their fourth Super Bowl in five years. When you see next door the success teams have, does that put amp up the pressure? Does that amp up the conversations of, look, if we're going to compete in this town and fans care about us the way they do the Chiefs, let's make sure that we're competitive every year. Yeah, I don't look at it as pressure. I look at it as motivation. You know, unfortunately, a lot of our front office was here in 14 and 15, and we saw it. We lived it firsthand. Like, we know yeah. what it's like. And the good part right now with the Chiefs winning, I mean, I think it's fabulous for the city if we can have two teams at the highest level, you know, the major leagues and the NFL – and in the World Series and in the Super Bowl, that would be awesome. Uh, but the nice thing right now, like our players go to the Chiefs games and they see the, the, the fandomness there and, you know, they love it and they, they thrive on it. And they'll talk about, hey, we need to grab that crowd over here. And, you know, those of us who have seen it say, trust me, they'll be here. You know, <laughs> they'll be here. You guys win, they'll be here. So I think it's more motivation than pressure. Uh, and I think it's exciting for the city. You always want good things to happen for this city. And, you know, this week has been a pretty exciting week, not only with uh, the Chiefs and the Royals, but other things that are going on in the sports world. Yeah, the momentum in Kansas City across the board, World Cup stuff going on. It's a, it's a great time to be in Kansas City. Since we are in Vegas, though, we do have to ask you, before we let you go, we're asking every guest this entire week for their game prediction presented by Spice and Food. So I, I have to ask you about the big game Sunday, Chiefs-Niners. How do you see it playing out? I think the Chiefs are going to win. I, I really, I, I do. I think they're they've caught momentum here at the right time, and you know, I think we saw last week just the um, the experience of a, a well seasoned, not just playoff team, but Super Bowl team, uh, can be an advantage. And um, you know, I think the Forty Niners have played really well early in in January, and they've shown some faults here. So I'm hopeful that the Chiefs capitalize on this momentum and and roll through Vegas and come back with another championship. Well, J.J., appreciate the time. Congratulations on on this deal coming together, and uh, we'll check in, of course, spring training right around the corner. Okay, guys. Thank you. Appreciate your time. There you go. That's J.J. Piccolo, Royals general manager and executive vice president of baseball operations. Again, our guests are presented by Spice and Foods, the official sauces of the Kansas City Chiefs and he said it the, the the question before we asked uh, bef- before the predictions. There just there's a lot of things going on in Kansas City. We can't say it enough. I mean, it's the Royals and Chiefs most notably this week, but World Cup six matches, the draft we're coming off of, and and everything else that that's going on in KC. It uh, just 
you, you, you asked him if there's pressure. He said, you know, it's not really pressure, but encouragement. It, That's encouragement a good way to look because at because you can, you, you know, there's no doubt about the support you get uh, from a very passionate uh, sports fan in, in Kansas City. You, I, you know, and, and he's right. Like a lot of the, like we were around here in 2015. He was part of the Royals organization in 2015. There's nothing like that wild card game and that postseason run in 14 and 15 and what Kauffman Stadium was like. It was an incredible scene. Like even still going back and looking at highlights of I think it was the Fox TV broadcast when they cut to the live shot coming. Oh, I, I mean, that is, there's nothing like that. Well, I, so I ask him that question because I'm still convinced part of the reason the Chiefs finally made a move at quarterback is like, okay, it's enough mediocrity. That looks cool. Being great looks awesome. These two World Series runs for the Royals, they are sucking up the energy of the city in a good way. Again, it doesn't have to be pressure. Maybe it can just be encouraging you to finally take the risk you should be taking as an organization. Look, part of it is just because they they were scouting Patrick Mahomes and they're like, that guy's really good, so we should probably go get him. But I do think organizations in a city can, can add to your want to be there. And J.J.'s right. If you're the Royals, you're like, look, we didn't need the Chiefs to show us that the fandom's great in this city. We saw it. It was awesome, and we'd like to get back to it. I think that there's a lot of that where you're like, you know, I'd love to be in a city where, remember for a while they're like, when the Red Sox and the Patriots and the Bruins, it was just like every, and the Celtics, it's like every Boston team was surging. I'd love to be in a moment where we're just doing those things over and over again, you know, and just watching each team take turns succeeding. That's really what I'm rooting for at this stage. It starts with getting Bobby Wood Jr. a whole bunch of money. It's also, by the way, the very beginning Great to hear, and not surprising, the Royals were one of the biggest spinners in the offseason. Guess who that mattered to? Bobby Wood Jr. It's huge. For, like, for the people that are like, well, he had an opt-out, so he's not committing here forever. Bobby Wood Jr. forced this team to spend money, not just on himself, on other players to help this team win. Bobby's like, look, the only way I'm signing here, you can. it's very clear. If you want me to sign here, you better start bringing in players that are going to help this team win because that is the thing that matters to me. And I told you the the multiple opt-outs that exist for Bobby in, in the contract. I I like that for the same reason yeah. that you just said about the, the deal in general, which is it keeps a little bit of the you know the the, the onus on the Royals uh, to build a winner and, and keep having talent around Bobby Wood Jr. Once they get to year seven, I think it is with the player opt-outs uh, start up. So I think that is massive for this as well. We'll get to the Chiefs Red Half Hour here in 10 minutes or so as we continue broadcasting in Las Vegas for the big game and it is presented uh, by Community America Credit Union. Proud to be the exclusive banking partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get your Chiefs checking account including the exclusive Chiefs debit card at ChiefsChecking.com. But let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. So this one relates to the coaching carousel which we know in the NFL is completely locked down and it's done. Mike Frabel out there, Bill Belichick out there. Going to have to wait until next year if they want to be a head coach in the NFL. Diana Rossini, who I saw walking around here, or at least uh, some of her colleagues yeah. yeah, from The Athletic, she was speaking about why Mike Frabel was passed on this coaching site. I can't get over this. And it has to do with his size. Quote, an anonymous GM told Diana Rossini that Frabel's physical stature may have been a factor He's a very large human being and can be very intimidating to people in an organization, which 
initially, what is he, I, I had Bigfoot. A, I had to triple check the quote because I'm like, this seems like something the Onion would do. Like Mike <laughs> Vrabel, too quote. big to be NFL head coach. You know how dumb this is. What we'll Thomas Dimitrioff, former NFL GM, join us later on today uh, at 12:30 on the show. I, I gotta ask him as a guy that hired coaches in this league and all that. What his reaction is to that? I mean, are you kidding me? That that's why you can have a million reasons why you don't hire someone. Your reason why you wouldn't hire Mike Rabel if you're some of these teams, at least one general manager in the league, is because he's intimidating and his size is intimidating? What? Okay. I'll be honest. This is where we come into... Is Dan like, Campbell not intimidating? Where, where, where I fundamentally get in these arguments with people who are like, oh, you think you could run a team better? And I think, <laughs> In some ways. Do I think I could run every part of an organization better? Like, if they made me run spreadsheets for the finances of the company, no, I couldn't do that better. <laughs> but this is why, like, you wonder sometimes in your head, you're like, how are this many teams bad at their job? This is why, man. This is obviously why. I could have told every team in the NFL Josh McDaniels would fail, and I could tell every team in the NFL that if you are afraid of a man's size, <laughs> he's like, well, he's big and muscular, and that, that intimidates me, and I'm a man, and I don't want to be intimidated. So I'd like a frail weak boy as my NFL head coach. Well, then you're an idiot. Are they a good head coach? Are they smart I mean, and savvy? Will they do things modern NFL coaches so, will do? That's what you like, should care about. Not if he's bench presses too much. On both ends, by the way, like Mike McDaniel's a heck of a coach in mind, but he's a shorter, smaller guy or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, either way, it, it has it should not have any bearing. Do they? Do they? <laughs> no, you know Why what I mean? Why would like, it matter? It it it, it doesn't. But matter. again, organizations are stupid. You don't want to think that, but they're dumb. They do dumb things because they're dumb. That, I mean, that's it. I know it sounds oversimplified, oh, yeah. but every person who runs a professional sports organization isn't good at their job for reasons exactly like this. What's more relevant, if you want to say that Mike Frabel as a, a GM, you, you don't want to hire him because reports out of Tennessee were that, you know, he, he wants a little more control and there's a disagreement of the, with the front office. And, okay, that, that's fair, right? Like, that was a knock on Frabel from some, that said that that was his issue for not getting hired was that, you know, maybe he didn't get along and they're worried that he won't get along. Oh, that, that's a fair concern. But if it's like that, he's just an intimidating presence in the room like that. That shouldn't prevent you from hiring anybody. I, I, again, I thought it was fake. Like, I've just have you ever like, I mean, you've been in the room with some pretty big people like professional NFL athletes. Have you ever been like, I don't know, man, that guy's just too big. There's no, no way I can talk can to be, him now. People can be intimidating, but they shouldn't prevent you from hiring them if you think they're, they're the best candidate for said job, if you think they can excel in their job. Why don't you just do like, a, like the TV thing? Get him like a low chair so it seems like he's smaller or something, you know? Like work through the get a th- – you know what? Get a therapist. Like you need to work through some of your issues because you are clearly f- thinking about this all wrong if you're just like he's too in- – and just – He's too intimidating. I also want you to remember that in the NFL, think about how little sense that makes. This man is going to be talking to athletes who are just as big, if not bigger, than him. Bigger and stronger and just as intimidating. So, like, take yourself out of this equation and think about who he's getting ready to motivate. My guess is they're talking more, again, the people in the front office, not the team. Because, yeah, the team, we players like Mike Vrabel, I think he's a great coach. I think what they're talking about in that that reporter, Diana Rossini's time out from a GM is – the GM's afraid. The the person the personnel guys are afraid, not not the actual players. So personnel guys. So it's stupid. The guy running the, the caps like, I don't know, man. Did you see his squad? I there's just nothing we can do. That guy'll never work as a head coach. I'm gonna say that we should take this guy in the fifty three man roster, and then he's gonna put me in a chokehold and I'll have no option but to give him the player he wants. 
Nine one three like a schoolyard bully. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Jay Southland toast over his text line. Someone said it's lame that Diana Rossini would report that. I have no problem with it. She was told by an what anonymous GM. It's very relevant. I, I I think that's there's no criticism on on her side. I, there's no problem whatsoever. I'll just tell you if an anonymous GM told me that, I'd report it. Absolutely. By the way, it wouldn't so be anonymous. Is, it would just be Brett Veach. That is the uh, that is the trash of the day. Uh, we will have Nate Taylor join us tomorrow on the show. How to move some scheduling around with everything going on, how crazy it is in Las Vegas around Radio Row and some of the media availability as we continue broadcasting here in Vegas. Brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Info at thefarmersdog.com slash no magic. Up next, though, we will be joined by Solomon Wilcott. Spent some time in the league, of course, as an NFL safety. Drew's going to be excited about our conversation with Solomon. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Want to get his perspective on this Chiefs defense and what he sees from Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie. That's coming up next here on 610 Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.